to one shot, one life, helping you win with money, people, faith, work, health, and your hopes and dreams. We help you stop worrying and start winning. I will not waste my life watching the world go by. I've only got one shot, one shot, one life. Welcome your host, best-selling author, speaker, CEO, husband, and dad, Doug Fitzgerald on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, welcome to One Shot, One Life. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald, joined by my incredible team of producers and guests here in the studio today in Lincoln, Nebraska. Smack dab in the middle of the heartland of the United States, KLIN Studios. We appreciate you being here, and we're also um, broadcasting live on Facebook as well. So thank you for joining in if you're watching on Facebook. Johnny Cadillac is producing the show over there. And if you have a question or a comment during the show today, simply put it in the comment section, and Johnny will slide that over to us, and we'll make sure to not only read that, but maybe, hey, put you on the air as well. So, mm-hmm. And then, obviously, next to my side right up here, my executive producer, Josh Floyd. Josh, thank you. For taking care of us. Love to be here. You're the man. The sun's uh, shining today. It's 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 a big day. It's a great day. We got yeah. a great show lined up as well. Yes, we and do. I I'm excited and you're welcome as always to ask questions if you got a thought during out throughout the show. Uh do that as well. What we're gonna do is we're gonna talk about something that's happening right now. During this month of March, we got March Madness going on. We got all kinds of basketball games from women's basketball college, uh men's basketball in college. Um uh, we just got all kinds of games. And along with that is probably one of the top times of the year for betting to happen, right? All kinds of betting, record numbers. According to the American Gaming Association, 68 million Americans are going to wager on games this year. That's up from 45 million just last year. So that's a huge increase. Josh, here's the question. How much do you think that they're projecting that's going to be bet on all of these games this year? Man. Just guess an amount. What do you think? Uh, $200 million. $200 million. Well, um, would you be, be surprised at $15.5 billion during this time? People I, being I, I backed it down from a half a billion. I was going to say $500 million. Over $15 billion. And wow. here's the thing. Unfortunately, while this has become so prevalent in our society, along with it comes dev- this dev- devastating problem for a lot of people. Approximately 2 million people uh, have severe problem gambling. Another 4.4 to 6 million people have a mild or moderate problem with gambling. And so it become, it's becoming more and more of an issue. We're going to dig into that today. The thing that blew me away stat-wise is over 750,000 young people, ages 14 to 21, have a gambling problem that they're struggling with. So this isn't just like for adults. We're talking, this is impacting kids we're going to learn about today from nine years old on up. And it's really infiltrating. So we've got a a great guest today. We're honored to have Mike Chandra in the studio. He's going to share his story about how his life was nearly destroyed because of gambling and what he's doing now to help those who are struggling with this problem. Mike is currently the Education and Outreach Coordinator at Choices Treatment Center here in Lincoln. And in a few minutes, he's going to bring us some amazing awareness to the problem gambling issue and what we can do about it if you're struggling or if you have a loved one who is struggling as well. So I'm really excited to have Mike in. And we appreciate him being vulnerable enough to just be real and share with us like we like, you know, we want to know the truth so that we can help as many people as possible. I believe the show is going to do that. Absolutely. Well, last week or excuse me, two weeks ago, we had a very special show, uh, especially to me because I have my son Dylan in along with one of his best friends, Jordan Peters. Uh, About two years ago, Dylan had a dream of establishing and creating a podcast. And ever since then, it's continued to grow. It's continued to develop. He's now partnering with another larger podcast and marketing group and um, their interviews their social media reels all this stuff is getting hundreds of thousands of views right now and what we did was we had uh, Dylan and Jordan come in not just to share about their podcast which we did but we also had them share about how do you create a podcast how do you get a message out in the podcast world maybe on YouTube maybe on Instagram whatever it might be how do you get that message out in a successful way so they really gave us some really good information step-by-step tips to take if you want to develop a podcast or a message or create a show. So we encourage you to check out the podcast if you didn't um, hear it live uh, so that you can learn more about that. Josh, how can people find our podcast? We recommend Apple Podcasts or Spotify for podcasts. Both of them are free apps. If you have an Apple device, chances are you probably already got the Spotify, or I'm sorry, the Apple Podcast app. Once you have the app, just search one shot, all one word, one life, 
all one word, and you'll find all of our previous shows uh, as soon as our new shows are done. Basically, today at at noon, when when this show wraps up, I'm going to get to work putting it out so it's out into the podcastosphere right as soon as we're done here. And you can download those podcasts. You can listen to them anywhere. You can subscribe uh, so you never miss one. They'll download automatically to your phone. You can listen to them on the go whenever, wherever. Did you just say podcastosphere? Did, did I? That was awesome. I love that. I just, it just kind of came out. <laughs> well, I just made it up. I love that. And here's the thing about that. I, I got an email this week, and I can't remember the name, but there's a new podcast website. And they just sent me a quick email and said, hey, we're covering your show. We're carrying it as well, so you can get out the link. And it's a whole new a new podcast. So I'll have to get that to you oh, so you can new, kind of share that with people. piece of the podcast is here. I know. Podcast is here. It's going to be good. I'll get, on, I'll get on the horn with my lawyers right after this and trademark that. <laughs> there you so go. He takes it. Well, hey, as I help uh, coach people across the country, Josh, um, you know, and uh, they're working on pursuing their passions and their dreams, many times my clients will find that their purpose in life that they want to pursue uh, is found through identifying a painful event in their past and then using that to help other people uh, who are struggling or have struggled with that problem themselves. You know, one exercise that I like to walk people through is helping them identify their purpose by re- revisiting their past and then seeing if there's something that's there on their heart that they want to do to help serve other people um, and help other people. And that's really, uh, really how people, you know, how people write books. They write mm-hmm. books usually about something that they've, you know, been impacted by in their past. If people create podcasts, whatever, whatever that passion is on their heart. And a lot of times it's because of a painful event that they have. But here's one word of caution that I think is really important. Before you jump in to do anything like that uh, and wanting to help people, um, especially if you're dealing with a painful issue personally, uh, I just want to make sure that you take a healthy step to deal with your own personal struggles first before you jump into that area. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, so, but I tell you what, no better way to serve people than to walk through them together with them through things that you've already struggled with and came through on the other side. And it's really important. You know, there's addictions and abuse in various forms. Those are two specific topics among others where I would encourage you to seek counsel and then potential ongoing counsel as you turn, look at turning your pain into your overall purpose as you help people. So, because no matter what you've been through, you're not a failure. Right. And you're you're still enough and you can you can help other people to avoid it, just like you were saying. And you've and you've talked about on the show about that, what you've done personally, just Mm -hmm. dealing with the, you know, the issue of mental health, um, suicide, all that. And you're very proactive, especially on social media, about sharing that message to help people. I try to be because I I didn't hear that a lot when I was younger, you know, not that. Um, I heard anything the other way, but it wasn't, you know, there was kind of a stigma behind re- reaching out for help. Right. And yeah, I, I'm very open. I, I take antidepressants. I'm weaning myself off cause I'm doing so well, but I just talked to my therapist two days ago. We normally talk 45 minutes. We talked 20. I was, nice. I was good. Like I'm, I'm just in a good place right yep. now. So, and it's ongoing too. It's not yeah. like you deal with it and you're going to be dealing with this for the rest of your life yeah. and, yeah. and staying connected to that and that healing process mm-hmm. and counsel and all that is so important as you move forward. Yeah. I think a lot of people, they get past a certain area in their life or a pain for their life. Then they kind of forget about it and they think they, you know, they, that they can move on. And then right. they find out later on, it kind of creeps back up to them again. Yeah. So. Well, there's a reason like in Alcoholics Anonymous, if you identify as an alcoholic and you go through the 12 steps, you are never not an alcoholic. Right. You know, you know, if you've been 30 years clean, 40 years clean, you still say I'm an alcoholic. Yep. It's the same thing with, with trauma. Yep. I mean, if you've been through trauma, you're never going to not have gone through that trauma. So, and I appreciate the platform that uh, broadcast house gives us mm-hmm. here with the show so that we yeah. can talk about issues like this and not just talk about them, you know, in a five or 10 minute segment, but to really be able to dig in and give us permission to really help people and mm-hmm. serve people and explore, you know, a lot of this is about awareness, right? A lot of, uh, things that happen in people's lives or things that you don't know about that's happening in other people's lives that you may not understand simply awareness and educating yourself is an incredible way to have empathy. And that's what I, you know, that's my desire for this show is that we're able to get as many people, um, you know, information, awareness, serve them if needed to be served or, or help serve us serve people, which Mm -hmm. is what I love to do too. So, and I love helping people share their stories because that's what's so amazing. Yep. All right. So, well, today we're honored to have Mike Chandra joining us. After the break, Mike will be sharing his story of how his life was nearly destroyed by problem gambling and how he turned his pain into purpose 
by now helping those who are struggling with problem gambling themselves. It's an inspiring story. You're not going to want to miss it. If you've got a question uh, or a comment, you can text the Rick Stein Recognition Hotline at 402-479-1400, or you can comment on our Facebook Live feed as well. You are listening to One Shot, One Life on Lincoln's number one news and talk station, 1499.3-KLIN. One Shot, One Life is presented by Lincoln Coin and Bullion. Buying and selling precious metals such as silver, gold, platinum, and palladium. We buy and sell coins and bills, both domestic and foreign. You're listening to 1499.3-KLIN. You only have one shot in this amazing one life, helping you make every single day count. This is One Shot, One Life on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, welcome back to the show. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. We want to thank our One Shot, One Life show partners, amazing group of people. They love what we're doing. They help us get the message out. We can't do this show without them. We want to thank Lincoln Coin & Bullion, our title sponsor. They've been my trusted gold and silver experts for over a decade. We have the Searcy team of home real estate. Love these people. Jeff, Mary, and their entire team have just done an amazing job, not only in the city of Lincoln, but with Tammy and myself as well. They've helped us buy and sell five of our homes in the past 30 years. I can't believe I'm saying the past 30 years. That's just kind of aging myself right there. Um, if you want the best results in buying or selling a home, I highly recommend that you go to the Searcy team of Home Real Estate. And then I'm excited to announce, we announced this a couple weeks ago, our brand new partner joining the show. I've Got a Name. I've Got a Name is a nonprofit um, organization fighting hard to end sex trafficking here in Lincoln, Nebraska, and the state of Nebraska. Every month, there are 300 young girls and women who are sold for sex right here in Lincoln, and many of them are sold several times at the average age of 13. It just boils my blood. And in the state of Nebraska, approximately um, 900 young girls and women are sold for sex. So I've got a name, an incredible work that they do to help fight this. And uh, if you want more information, go to I've got a name.org. If your business wants to join us and partner as well, you can uh, just simply email me at Doug at KLIN.com and we will get information out to you for that. Well, March Madness is in full swing. Along with that um, comes sports, uh, you know, the opportunity for people to gamble and to take bets. It's estimated around 68 million million Americans will place a wager on all basketball games going on this year. Unfortunately, while gambling has become a prevalent problem in our society, um, devastating effects have come from it as well. Approximately 2 million people have a severe problem gambling, and another 4 to 6 million people have mild or moderate problem gambling as well. So today we're honored to have Mike Chandra come into the studio. He's going to share his story about literally how problem gambling nearly destroyed his life and how he's now taking that message and helping people as well. So Mike, um, thank you so much for joining us on One Shot, One Life. So good to have you here. It's so good to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We literally met about a week ago, and it's just been a great um, conversation that we've had a, a couple times throughout the week. You are the current Education and Outreach Coordinator for Choices Treatment Center here in Lincoln. And um, I say that because what you've done is what a lot of people want to do deep down in their heart is take something that you've really struggled with and turn that into a passion where you can help people. So if you would, would you share with our listeners your story and about how gambling really devastated your life? Well, yeah, thank you again. And that's what you said there is perfect. As far as anybody we have in treatment, the first thing we tell them is that they have to reconcile the trauma in their mm -hmm. life. They have to eliminate that chaos and then just move ahead with a passion for serving. Yeah. And I've Fortunately enough, I've been able to do all three in my life. So starting out when I was probably about nine years old is when my story started as far as problem gambling goes, just playing cards with my family. And I come from a family of problem gamblers. So for us, it was just something that came natural. Uh, uh, family reunions turned into war stories about going to the casino or wins or losses. Uh, card games always broke out, usually after a meal with our family. I remember being in high school and winning like $250. And I'm not a young guy. This was 25, 30 years ago, winning that much money in a card game from my mom and my grandma and my other relatives. So you think about it that way. That's at the time, you don't think about things like that. And it wasn't until I got into treatment that I realized that that's not a normal way of life. Uh, when I was 14 years old, I started going to keno parlors, placing bets illegally on my own when I was 15. Went to bingo, of all things, when I was 15, 16 years old. Look back on it now, and uh, at the time, it was kind of funny, you know, hanging out with the grandmas and grandpas at bingo, you know. But at 
looking back on it now is the start of some really problematic behavior. That behavior continued through my 20s and 30s. Uh, all this whole time I was going, I was getting an education, went to school, uh, got my bachelor's and my master's degree, had good careers, started a couple businesses, uh, did a lot of great things in my life, had a good spiritual life. All these different things were going well in my life, even had, had my daughter and had a wife and everything else. But always there was this side of my life where I had, it was essentially living a double life where I was living, where I was doing all the great things in my life, but then I had this gambling on the side and that was impacting all of my other decisions I was making and just really held me back from being who I truly was. What was the moment that turned things around for you? So I never really had, most people always ask me, like, did you have that rock bottom or did you have that epiphany? I did have the epiphany, but I didn't have the rock bottom in the same way of I didn't go to jail. I didn't uh, end up homeless. I didn't end up anything that drastic. But I would say probably 15 years ago, I knew that I needed to get help. But it wasn't until 2020 when I finally got that help. So 2020 obviously was a crazy year for everyone. Uh, was running my own marketing business at the time, lost all of my clients because of the pandemic. So I kind of had to uh, pivot real quick as far as my own, to my own livelihood. That allowed me to have more time on my hands. It also allowed me to fall back into the problems that I've always had in the past and allowed me to go back to the one thing that I always knew to cope with any of my pain. And that was the gambling. Mm. So the gambling got worse and worse during 2020. I got to that point where I remember I was in Omaha, actually the last day I bet and went to a Kino parlor. There was spent a couple hundred dollars in within like an hour, which really wasn't a big amount of money for me. The dollar amount doesn't matter at the end of the day, but I just remember leaving there that day, just feeling emotionally bankrupt is the best way I can mm. describe it. Just so exhausted. And I just knew at that point that I was done. So I pick up the phone. I called the Nebraska problem gambling helpline. And from there got in touch with, Deb Hammond over at Choices Treatment Center, who uh, told me to go home and rest that day, come in the next day, start doing paperwork. And from there, I've been bet free now since December 15 of 2020. Mm. Well, congratulations on that. Let's let's see how I want to learn more about how this impacted your personal life. How did it impact your relationships? Well, I personally believe that i divorced because of my gambling. I don't think that we ever necessarily talked about it even while I was a little bit while we were together, but never really like, we never really got to the heart of it. Did you, you kind know? of hide it? Oh, uh, absolutely. I oh, hid it. Okay. So, but she knew, yeah. uh, people in my life knew what was going on. I didn't have a lot of money, even though I was successful in careers. I was never, I was Never really borrowed money from individuals, but I had tons of credit card debt, tons mm. of other debt that I carried that I shouldn't have had, to be perfectly honest, if I would have been responsible with my money. Uh, I always acted like everything was okay, but yeah, I hit it. I had a job for many years where I was on the road and did a lot of traveling, so it was easy for me to hide it. Even when I had self-excluded from, and we'll talk more about that later as far as what self-exclusion looks like, but I had self-excluded from Iowa casinos, but even then, I still found ways to gamble. I found Kino parlors. I found skill touch machines. I found other states when I was traveling, I would gamble in. I then gravitated to the online stuff. So either online casinos or a lot of sports books, fantasy, daily fantasy sports. I found, basically, I found ways to gamble any way I possibly could. So yeah, it was, it took away, I'd say the biggest thing as far as relationships goes is that it took away that emotional energy I needed to put into those relationships from friendships, from romantic relationships, the time with my daughter, everything I did, I took away so much time and energy that I should have put into that. And that's the things that it's not the money that brings me any guilt or embarrassment or shame anymore. It's the thought of not being able to get that time back. So now I try to make the most of all the time mm. I have. It literally robbed you. I, I it stole from you. It did. Yeah. And it did nothing to do with the money. Hmm. 
Well, thank you for sharing that. I We had talked um, earlier this week about how this is a silent problem. I mean, you're, you've really laid that out. Like, this is one of those things where, I mean, if you're, if you're an alcoholic and you're drinking a lot, people can smell it. They can see your actions. They can watch you, you know, interact drugs, maybe the same way. But with gambling, it's a lot, seems like a lot easier to hide. Is that true? Oh, absolutely. You uh, can't fail a urinalysis on gambling. Right, right. You can't walk, you're not going to walk in staggering off of a, gambling bender you know not like you would with drugs or alcohol or anything like that so it is easier to hide in that regard but that's what makes it even more deadly honestly because the shame and embarrassment and the lies just keep adding up and adding up and that just adds to the trauma that you're feeling and I thought when I entered treatment that I was bipolar or had other mental health conditions because of the intense highs of wanting to gamble and while I was gambling, but then the intense lows of when I wasn't gambling or when I was chasing to try to make that money back. Chasing is when you are behind and you're trying to get your money back. Mm. So uh, those intense highs and lows, that felt like bipolar disorder to me. Mm. And I swore to my counselors that I was bipolar and they told me, no, just, just give it some time get bet free, concentrate on that. And lo and behold, I, my emotions just kind of evened out after that, you know, after time away from it and by trying to do the right things moving forward. Well, I saw it, I was doing some research and I saw where, um, problem gambling can lead into other issues though, like mental illness or depression, anxiety, obviously, right? Because you're dealing with all these things, trying to hide it while trying to live in other people's eyes, a normal life, right? Absolutely. And uh, the scariest part of the whole thing is that 19% of problem gamblers report having committed suicide. Over oh. 25% report having suicide ideation. So it's something that, and that's the highest, those are the highest numbers of any addiction that is being reported. Wow, I didn't currently. know that. It's, a, it's huge because of that whole silence of the addiction and that just shame and that whole, all of that just in your core of your body and you don't have anybody to turn to and you get to a point where you say you've uh mortgaged the house say you've spent your kids's college funds say you've spent all your life savings your retirement you get to a point where you're just so desperate and you yeah. have no other way to cope with your addiction that you think that uh leaving this world is your best option did you have anybody else that was gambling with you or was it, were you totally alone? In other words, you know what I'm saying? Was there like a group of you guys and gals that would go out and gamble or was it literally you isolate yourself in the process? I, so there's a couple different types of gamblers. There's action gamblers and there's escape gamblers. I was a kind of a combination of the bow of both escape gamblers go sit in front of a slot machine and want to leave this world and leave all their troubles behind. While an action gambler is more of the type who wants to your poker players, your sports betters, stuff like that, who want to brag about how mm. they can mm. beat the system, how yeah. much smarter they are. And they like to flaunt, but I was a little bit of both in the regard that I didn't want anybody knowing what I was doing, but yet I was playing poker. I was sports betting. I was doing those things. And that's the problem today is that with the internet, with everything we can do on our smartphones, it's becoming so much easier to do any form of betting in a mask of non anonymity, you know, and just do it all by yourself without any of that interaction. So no, I didn't want you. And most problem gamblers, just like most alcoholics or people who do the, uh, drug addicts, substance abusers, they usually do it in what they feel like is secrecy just because they want to hide that as much as possible. And yeah, when I started out, when I was younger, yeah, there would be people I would go with and stuff, but it got to a point where I didn't want anybody knowing what I was doing. And mm -hmm. just that whole silence and that mm -hmm. masking, that anonymity is what I craved. Well, you have uh, the last couple of years, you turn your life around and you have really been intentional about your time to help other people. Um, as we, you know, kind of close out this segment in hearing your story, which I'm sure is like, obviously through the stats, we see like 
millions of other people's stories. What is the what is the light at the end of the tunnel here? What is the help that's available for people? Well, uh, starting out in the state of Nebraska, looking at it from a local standpoint, is that there the we have the Nebraska Gamblers Assistance Program in the state of Nebraska, which eliminates a lot of the concerns and the barriers of. Uh, why people don't receive treatment is the money aspect because mm. obviously if you're a problem gambler you've had issues with money because usually you don't want to receive treatment until you're out of money and that's when you hit your quote-unquote rock bottom so we take that out of the equation here by providing free treatment for problem gamblers and their loved ones in the state of Nebraska with a certified gambling counselor so it's somebody who's certified in disordered gambling and understands it who can speak speak directly to the concerns that you have and your family might have. And that is absolutely free treatment in the state of Nebraska. Other states have that as well. It's done state by state. So on a national standpoint, there's no federal money going towards gambling retreatment or gambling uh, research at this point. It's hmm. all handled at a state level. Really? Yeah, that's something that we're trying to work on. Some of the groups that I belong to nationally are trying to work on getting a federal emphasis on it versus just being a state-by-state issue. What would be a number? Is there like a number or a website people can go to? Yeah. So in the state of Nebraska, I'll give you those numbers sure. here first, and then I'll give you some of the national sure. uh, numbers as well. So in, in Nebraska, the best place to start would be calling into the Nebraska Problem Gambling Helpline. That is 1-833-BET-OVER. That is 1-833-238-6837. That's where I would recommend somebody starting out. From there, they will direct you to the counselor in your area that's best for you. The scenario, they can do remote, so it doesn't matter if you're in a rural part of the state. We can find options for you. It's 24 hours a day. It's totally anonymous, totally confidential. So, And you can call in if you're a loved one or somebody who cares about somebody else that they think might be struggling with this. Uh, we can help with any sort of issues as far as uh, uh, getting that person into treatment. So that's a good place to start from a, a state standpoint. From a national standpoint, a couple different ways to do it would be to call into the National Problem Gambling Helpline. Once again, 24 hours a day, uh, totally anonymous, totally no issues there. Uh, those numbers are 1-800-522-4700 or 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay. Great information. And again, thank you for being transparent. Uh, I look forward to the rest of our conversation. Here's the thing. Stats show that over 750,000 young people ages 14 to 21 have a gambling problem uh, that they are struggling with. I'm going to take a quick break. And when we return, Mike's going to share with us how gambling is deeply impacting our youth. You don't want to miss this one because it literally is impacting our entire society. You're listening to One Shot, One Life on the Voice of Lincoln, 1499.3 KLIN. One Shot, One Life is presented by Lincoln Coin and Bullion, where we treat each customer with respect and dignity. A customer who purchases $50,000 of gold is not treated differently than a customer selling a gold filling. Every customer uniquely contributes to our business success. You're listening to 1499.3 KLIN. It's time to stop worrying and start winning. This is One Shot, One Life on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, we want to welcome you back to the show. Thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. Um, if you want to stay up to date on what we're doing at One Shot, One Life, all you have to do is join our online email community of over 10,000 people strong. Uh, we send out... Uh, an email a week. That's it. We don't do any spamming or anything like that. And we just simply keep you updated on what we're doing, um, the shows that we're having, the topics and everything that we're working with and dealing with, and any resources that are available as well. It's absolutely free. All you have to do is go to oneshotonelife.com, scroll to the bottom of the page, and you can be added to our email list. Every every week we get people that are joining the list, so we appreciate that and and uh, look forward to building and developing a relationship with you, with you over the years. We've been having a very important and insightful conversation with Mike Chandra about problem gambling and how it nearly destroyed his life and now he's taking and turning that devastating experience into a personal mission to help other people. Uh, he's the Outreach Coordinator for Choices Treatment Center. Uh, he shared his story in the first uh, segment that he was on. If you missed that, all you have to do is check out our podcast. You can go to One Shot, All One Word, One Life, All One Word on any podcast platform and check out 
our episode now once it's over and any past episode as well. Well, Mike, uh, um, first of all, thank you again for being transparent and just sharing with us your story. So enlightening. We were talking during the break just how, you know, Josh and I and John just didn't realize um, the aspects um, that go into looking at the issue of problem gambling. Um, you know, this is impacting hundreds and thousands of our young people from, like you said, age nine up to around 19 years old, just from our youth. How do you see this impacting our youth? Because you speak to college age and high schoolers as well about the issue of gambling. Yes. So that's a huge piece of what I do is try to get out to high schools, try to get out to colleges and try to educate them not only on the consequences of problem gambling, but the resources that are available if they're already down that path. And some of the stats are just unbelievable. So I just want to share a couple of those yeah. real quick. Uh, many young people report their first gambling experience, just like mine, occurring between the ages of nine and 11. Wow. Obviously, it's not legal for them to do it, but they find ways to do it. We've had people, we've had clients within our center who have told me stories about their first experiences about running races and betting on races or finding things doing you doing brackets in school right little things like that that seem innocuous at the time but are really can lead to more problems but that goes to yeah because i there's one of the things i struggle with because we look at different brackets right and we got a we have a bracket for everything nowadays <laughs> yeah <Yep. laughs> and like you said it seems innocuous but then you look at like bingo Right. And we have our kids play bingo. And, you know, I played bingo when I was in elementary school. You know, I guess it maybe for some people feeds that dopamine fix. Right. That mm -hmm. the excitement of wanting to win and then take it to the next level of actually winning something for winning. Absolutely. You know? The dopamine hits that. Uh, per, a gambler experiences are similar to the dopamine hits of a substance abuser. And the science goes behind that and shows that if you look at a person's brain who is gambling versus a person who's using substances, there's similarities there. And then you have a youth, the youth whose brains are developing and getting that. Yes. And it's got to be more impactful, I would assume. And here's what I like to put out there too, is that I am actually very neutral on the stance of legal gambling is that I know that people can do it for entertainment and do it within limits and do all of that. And I don't want to take that away from people, but for the people who need the help or need to understand what the, the consequences are, I just want to make sure that those services are out there. So that's what a lot of what I do is, is going out to high schools and explaining number one, just the odds that uh, casinos in Vegas weren't built by people winning. They were built from people right. uh, who have <laughs> lost a lot of money. You and know, the house really nice. Yes, very <laughs> nice. The house always wins at long term. That's what people need to understand. So that's a lot of what I do when I go out there, and then just giving them facts and just giving the statistics of the problems out there. What's a percentage of like these youth that really are struggling with problem gambling? So ten to fourteen percent of adolescents and young adults are at risk for developing problem gambling. Mm. It's actually four, considered four times greater for anyone who started gambling at a young age. They have a four times greater chance of becoming problem gamblers as adults. I remember, and I think I shared this with you earlier this week, but I remember trying to teach this lesson to my son. Uh, he was probably... I don't know. I think I want to guess where I am, 12, 13, 14 years old. And the lottery, there was a big news article at the time because the lottery was like at the top, the, the most it had ever been in a pot, right, for the lottery. And so everybody was talking about it. It was on the news. People were talking about getting tickets. So I took him to the local gas station. I remember it. Go down there. I still got the ticket, by the way, on my desk. We got a ticket because I wanted to show him that there are, you know, hundreds of thousands of people that are buying these tickets. The reality is... The, re, the 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 opportunity to win <laughs> almost minute almost not nil and uh trying to just get that whole point um you know to my son that the house always wins you're the the, you're, the odds are not in your favor in this right <laughs> to yes. take a line from a movie the odds are not in your favor and um but i think our kids are are either advertised to or promoted to that like oh this can be an opportunity for you to to gain 
And that's part of the problem. So for a lot of problem gamblers in general, they're why they end up in the problem they they have is because of a big win starting out. So they see that and they think that's something that can be replicated. That's so probably the worst thing that could happen. Yeah, to them. worst thing that happened to me was a big win early on too. You know, it's like when you get those big wins, you're constantly chasing that feeling. So getting that just starting out early on to understand that hey, you're not always going to win if you're you need to set limits. Everything I talk about is within limits. So if you have to lie about what you're doing, or if you cannot hold to a limit of time, a limit of money, and you have to lie about it, those are the three biggest reasons that if you do any of those, then you might have a problem and you need to talk about it. And we'll talk about that in the last segment, that and um, how to gamble in a healthy way, I guess, um, to be able to handle it that way. Back to the youth, how is... How are they getting introduced to this? And what are some ways that they're gambling that we may not be aware of and that parents should be aware of? Well, first of all, you can't watch a game or any sort of sports broadcast anymore without seeing ads for the sports books out there. And, and, I they're, and they're by popular, like, you know, athletes and oh, yeah. superstars Ooh. and movie stars out there promoting it. Yeah, celebrities are promoting it. It is, I call it like... I consider where we're at with problem gambling and problem gambling adver- and gambling advertising. We're 50 years behind where we were with alcohol or cigarettes. Mm. Just like the Marlboro Man was a thing 50 years ago, we have all these people promoting problem gambling in the same way now. And we've got to work our way, figure out a way to curb that advertising. I don't, I'm not against free enterprise, but I'm also, we got to make sure that we're doing this responsibly. Right. So how are they introduced then to, to these games? So, I mean, it's easy enough. I mean, anybody who has a smartphone and has the ability to create an email account or create, there's so many different online banking services, your, your PayPal's, your cash apps, your Venmo's, all of that. If you click. Add one of those to. We thought about that. You add one of those to your email address, or just download that app. You can make up an account. Anyone can make up an account. You can have a Venmo account, not have it tied to a bank account, and still have finances run through it. Exactly. I thought about that. It's so Scary. easy now. I mean, in the state of Nebraska, for example, we shut down a lot of the uh, the cash check cashing places here. You can do the same thing online just as easily, in fact, easier, and have that money within a few minutes in your account. So it's not stopping anybody, whether they're adults or children. How easy is it for a, a child to get their their mom or dad's email account and do something on there or find the account that their parents might have, you mm-hmm. know, on one of these uh, uh, sites too, and be able to do it that way. Otherwise there's obviously illegal options out there as well too. And I know f- from experience that there's bookies inside of high schools. There's bookies in fraternities and sororities mm-hmm. in the Greek system at universities mm-hmm. You can't. You cannot get away from it. Uh, that's why I I try to tell people it's not about getting away from it. It's not trying to isolate from it. It's trying to learn how to right. cope with what's around us, not to let it trigger us, and to work within safe and legal limits. What are some signs that parents should look for um, if they kind of suspect maybe there's gambling going on that's that's destructive? listen for lingo you know if they start talking about lines and talking about overs and unders and talking about prop bets and just talking about gambling lingo because it has its own lingo even casino gambling has its own lingo so that's a big place right there just talking about money in general whether they have money and are showing that they have money or that they're desperate to get more money whether they're trying to pick up more hours at work and not really talking about why they're wanting to do that whether they're borrowing money from friends or family they're just talking more about money that's a huge piece that we notice is that when people start worrying more about their financial situation there's probably a reason behind that Mm. so that's a big key right there uh just just talking to your kids about this i'd say that with anything is that i have a teenage daughter myself so just having that line of communication open about mental health, about addiction, about their personal lives, about the people they have in their lives, just opening those lines of communication and including 
gambling in as part of that conversation. And I think there's not enough parents out there who are doing that these days. And the services that you talked about uh, in the previous segment, are those also available for youth as well? Absolutely, yes. So anybody so anybody who's struggling or their loved ones. So if it's a family member, I've talked in a lot of classrooms where I've run into children who are like, yeah, I think my mom or dad or my brother has a problem. So I tell them they can go that route too, but the same goes the other way. So if a parent is concerned about a child or somebody younger, a minor is that has a problem, they can reach out as well the same way and we can find them proper services. All right. Well, that's really good. Well, we're going to take our final break here. And when we return, Mike is going to share with us some key questions that you can ask yourself or of your loved ones that will help you um, help them figure out if they've got a problem with gambling. Plus, uh, we'll ask him the multiplier question as well. I'm excited for that answer. You're listening to One Shot, One Life on Lincoln's number one news and talk station, 1499 KLIN. One Shot, One Life is presented by Lincoln Coin and Bullion, where we respect our clients' privacy. We discourage walk-ins to minimize customer overlap and fully encourage all customers to call us to schedule an appointment. We operate by appointment only to offer our customers a discreet and confidential transaction. You're listening to 1499.3 KLIN. Helping you tap into the power of the ultimate success formula to win at anything in life. This is One Shot, One Life on 1499.3 KLIN. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on One Shot, One Life. We absolutely love having you with us. I'm your host, Doug Fitzgerald. Uh, We want to thank our title sponsor, Lincoln Coin & Bullion. Listen close. Um, This is not financial advice, but I just want to share something with you. We've got a lot of stuff going on in our economy right now, and gold and silver are the only real money. It's just the way it is. And we're starting to see banks being closed down or being bought out, bank runs, It's just a piece of paper that people put trust in. Gold and silver have always retained their value for thousands of years. That's why I love Lincoln Coin and Bullion. Pat, Courtney, Katie, and Aaron have been my trusted precious metals team for over 10 years now. As a matter of fact, I visit them on a regular basis. And I want to encourage you to do the same. If you don't know much about gold and silver, they're there to educate you. They only accept people by appointment because they want to give you their full attention. And I highly recommend that you go in there and just talk to them. Uh, their phone number is 402-327-2853. That's 402-327-2853. And if you simply want to get more information, you can go to the website at lincolncoinandbullion.com and um, just find out what they have to offer. They would be happy to talk to you. And if you go in, as always, like with any of our sponsors, we would love for you to tell them that you heard about it on One Shot, One Life. Well, what a powerful show we've had today. Mike Chandra from uh, the Choices Treatment Center here in Lincoln has been sharing with us some very valuable information and insight into problem gambling. Now, Mike, problem gambling is um, a bigger problem you know, throughout uh, the U.S. each year. Specifically, it's becoming more and more legal in the, in the states uh, around the country. We were talking a couple breaks ago about just that nearly all but I think seven states have legalized gambling or at least on the law books to pass it. How prevalent is it becoming and what kind of problem do you see that having in regards to hurting people that have issues with gambling? Yeah, well, we're in unprecedented times with this. I mean, it wasn't that long ago where you could only legally gamble in Las Vegas and Atlantic City, and we didn't obviously have the internet infiltration as well, too, as far as gambling goes. Now, at this, I think I just read something the other day that over half of the American population has readily accessible, uh, is readily available, gambling is readily available to mm-hmm. them. So that's a huge number. So obviously problems are going to occur when more people are available, have that availability. And that doesn't even go into account the fact that you can do it on your phone and everything else. And as these states, like I mentioned before, as each state is, it's kind of the wild, wild west in a way because each state controls their own gambling activity, but they also control the amount of treatment resources that are available, the amount of money that goes into it, the amount of education and outreach that's out there for it. So at this point, there's just so many opportunities to be able to get into problems and not be able to know how to get out of them. Yeah. Well, and you're fighting to, you know, and working on getting um, nationalized, you know, resources available um, to help people across across the state lines so that um, because it's not like you said, it's so independent. And you said earlier, too, that that like uh, nearly every state, but maybe one or two 
will probably have legalized gambling. Yeah, it's on the books in a lot of states right now, at least for up for debate within legislatures, within government. So it's at a point where it's probably going to be 47, 48, 49 states eventually will have some form of gambling. And it's you just I tell people you're not going to get away from it. There's no way of getting away from it. It's just a matter of understanding it and knowing your limits. Okay, so let's dig into that a little bit more. If somebody uh, thinks maybe themselves, you know, maybe they have a problem with gambling or a loved one does. There's a questionnaire that you've talked about um, called the BBGS. Let's talk about that questionnaire and how it can help people identify if they've got a problem. Yeah, there's a couple great screenings out there that we like to use. Uh, and that first one is that BBGS, that Brief Biosocial Gambling Screen. Anybody can Google that or just find it. Just type in BBGS Gambling online. You can find that easy enough. Uh, there's three questions to that one. So it's very good as far as being short and gets to the point. And these are all based off of the past 12 months. So okay. during the past 12 months, have you become restless, irritable, or anxious when trying to stop or cut down on gambling? During the past 12 months, have you tried to keep your family or friends from knowing how much you gambled? Or during the past 12 months, did you have such financial trouble as a result of your gambling that you had to get help with living expenses from family, friends, or welfare? Mm. That third question, even, I take that a little bit further, because if you're using a credit card or getting loans or anything like that, you're not necessarily having to borrow from somebody else that you know, but you're borrowing still. Right. Any debt is essentially coming from borrowing. So that one, I kind of add that into it as well, too. Basically, it comes down to how is it affecting you emotionally, how is it affecting you socially, and how is it affecting affecting you financially if you you know if our, one of our listeners or a loved one um really is struggling they know they're struggling and they really want some some added help or protection um there is also a resource or tool that literally can keep you out of certain gambling institutions what is that so it's called voluntary self-exclusion and we have it in the state of nebraska something that i help work with the nebraska racing and gaming commission to develop for the state of nebraska for the casinos in the state of nebraska currently there's a temporary facilities open here in Lincoln and also in Grand Island with one opening in Columbus soon. But there's going to be more throughout the state in the coming years. So before those opened, we wanted to have what is called voluntary self-exclusion. That's a form that you can fill out. You can come into choices and fill that out if it's something that you're struggling with. Uh, and it bans you, essentially. It's just a ban from any casino properties in the state. And what that allows... Then if you do go through that process, you have to may, let us make a copy of your id we take a picture of you we send that over to the racing and gaming commission from there that gets put into the databases at these different casinos and from there if you do happen to go on their property they obviously will kick you out and if you get in you have you will have to forfeit any winnings you get and there's the opportunity of even having to even receiving uh trespassing charges mm. if you're caught inside so mm. it's a very serious thing but it's a great deterrent for those who are struggling yeah you can you can self police yourself yeah. in Absolutely. that and you help do that that's that's impressive that's something that we pride ourselves on at choices is being offering that service to anybody who needs it is that happening in other states as well yeah so in Iowa i know for a fact that they have it most states that have casino you know, gambling do have that availability to do it. Not all of them do, but it's something, no matter what state you're in, is something to reach out and try to find out if that's offered. Well, um, good from the job to get that. Sorry, Doug. Good no, job go ahead. getting that in place before they even started. Because for anybody else that lives outside of Nebraska, we just legalized gambling in the state so you were yeah you got in front of that that's that's great i have to give all the support and props to the nebraska racing and gaming commission they're great people over there and they understand the problems that can come from problem gambling so they've been great to work with i am very blessed that i have the support of all the stakeholders here in the state of nebraska whether it's the casinos lottery kino uh all the different stakeholders from a uh, city standpoint a state standpoint they all understand that this is going to be a problem and they're willing to work with That's trying awesome. to find the best solutions. That's mm. awesome. Well, you know, on average, it's shown that 90% of people can gamble responsibly, and you've got um, some information regarding that. Um, how can people identify and what are some tips you can give people to gamble responsibly? I would say probably the best thing is just those limits, starting out with limits. So understanding that the best thing you can do is have a limit on time and a limit on money. People think of the money as the big thing, you know, is what causes the problems with gambling. And it is, but also the time and energy that you're putting into it. So say you uh, are going to a casino 
put a time limit on it. I'm going to be there one hour. I'm going to be there two hours. Uh, that's a great way to start. Leave those cards out in the car. Leave them at home. You mm. know, Make sure you're not bringing in your debit card or your credit card. If you're going to go in with a certain amount of money, take that amount of money in and don't use more than that allotted amount. Uh, make sure that you're honest with what you're doing. Make sure that your people can hold you accountable. Hey, I'm going to the casino today. Either do you want to come with me or do you that's want good. to... Uh, or I'm taking in $200 or taking in $50 or whatever it might be, the amount mm. of money, hold me to that and make sure that I am. And in life, no matter what we're doing, having some accountability partners is something that we always need. <laughs> Success yeah. partners, that's we, what we, we call them in my book. Exactly. That's what it is. It's to help us live the best life possible. I know I need them in very various aspects of my life, professionally, yes. academically, uh, financially, everything in my life, I need those success partners. And this is no different here as well. Yeah. Absolutely. Isn't that good? Yeah. That's really good. Love that. All right. I want to ask you the multiplier question. Yes. All right. Because we ask all of our experts that come in uh, this final question. And this goes to b- back to the whole thought of if you knew then what you know now, what is one thing that you wish you would have known earlier in life that would have made a greater impact on you and those around you? I wish I would have known that the ability and that the feelings I get from service and the things I do to help others, I wish I would have known that that feeling feels greater than the feeling of addiction. That's, (laughs) that's, that's, that's amazing. The dopamine hits that I used to get from obviously from gambling and the other negative things I did in my life, the things, the dopamine hits now that I get from doing stuff like this, from educating others, from feeling, from even holding the door for someone, you know, as they're walking in somewhere, those feelings of dopamine that I get from doing that are much greater than anything I ever felt in the past. And I can go to bed at night now and sleep a full night's sleep, knowing that I've done something to help others. Over the past couple of years, what are you most proud of? Just number one, just my recovery in general, mm-hmm. because of my recovery, I'm able to impact so many other people, whether it's my own person, whether it's my own family, whether it's my friends and people that I've known and those relationships that I've been able to rebuild. But from there, just the education piece of it, there's not like one particular moment that I can say, but just the overall fact that I'm giving back to Mm -hmm. community now and that that's... It, it, it's not about me. None of this is about me. There's another book out there. It's called The Go-Giver that I've yeah, read yeah, repeatedly. That's a great one. Yeah, and okay. I, that is how I live my life now. And everything that I've accomplished, it's not about me. It's about what I can do to help others. And whatever happens, I kind of let God control the rest of it from there. That's what it's about. That's amazing. So. <laughs> I love that. Well, Mike, thank you so much for coming in, being transparent, and just giving us some really good information. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. This has been great. Absolutely. Well, if you'd like to listen to the podcast of this show or previous shows, you can find them at KLAN.com and on all podcast platforms. Simply search One Shot, All One Word, One Life, All One Word on your favorite podcast service, and then you can catch the video playback back on Facebook as well. Well, again, we want to thank today's guest, Mike Chandra. Special thanks to my producers, Johnny and Josh. We appreciate that. And until next time, take full advantage of your amazing one life and make every single day count. We'll see you next week. Thank you for listening to the One Shot One Life Show. Visit OneShotOneLife.com to get a free download of our theme song. While you're there, learn how to connect with Doug on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and Twitter. Go there now, OneShotOneLife.com. And listen every Saturday morning at 11, right here on 1499.3 KLIN. One life.